Hello and welcome to Herbology. I'm Anne. And I'm Kevin. And on this episode, we are going to be discussing the Season 3 episode, No Cure for Crazy, which is the fourth episode of Season 3. Written by Brendan York, directed by Ron Murphy, and this one aired August 10th, 2018. Seems like yes. a lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah, well, we love to, or I certainly love to throw out the reminders on the anniversaries for air dates. And boy, every time one of them comes up, I just shake my head and realize how long ago it was. I know, it's insane. Has it, seriously, has it been two years since 412? Uh, yeah. That just seems so, <laughs> like two years. Time. Oh. Time. Flat circle. Flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> Flat circle is right. <laughs> so, so in this one, we open up, which is one of my, I don't know, I'm not going to say favorite because that I can't pick if anyone ever asked me, I don't, I just don't know that I could ever pick, but I love how this one opens up because we have no clue what's happening. <laughs> Doc and Wynona are just, you know, they're on the chase after someone who obviously is going to be a revenant and they're running down some crazy long stairs and they're bantering about, you know, who can keep up with the chase longer. Doc's like, I could do this all night. And Wynona's just joking about like, Oh, all night. Huh? And he's like, I mean, I mean all day. Um, and I think there he's like trying to cover up that like he's been up to stuff in the in the meantime with Kate, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the weirdest thing happened. Well, not the weirdest because we've seen a lot weirder things happen on the show also. But a very odd thing happens, which is a tree moves on its own into the middle of the road and this guy runs right into it. Yeah, that's going to be a first, right? <laughs> <laughs> the people always joke about like where'd that you know where'd that other car come from or yeah, where'd that, that wall come from exactly that pole jumped out at me yeah, exactly sure. yeah but yeah i'm just like where like how did they even come up with like trees moving and this whole murder tree situation well that's part of the fun as we're going to see in several scenes from this episode you know going back now on rewatch there's so many things that just make so much more sense yeah but still like the craziest like let's make the trees right like mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and then and then to think about it like with dolls being afraid of the forest well he had ample reason to be afraid of the forest didn't he mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah so the tree comes out of nowhere and the revs like just as shocked as we are and he's like no seriously didn't you see that it came out of nowhere and they think he's hallucinating still from the the drugs that um from Dolls' drugs that he stole. And then when Winona goes to shoot Peacemaker, it's not working. It's being all fickle. It's like glowing and then it's turning off. And then she's like, Doc, why don't you just take care of this? And then Doc just takes out his gun and just smacks him in the head with it and then yells, Timber. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the forest, we see um, a new character show up, don't we? That's right. That's right. Say hello to Jeremy's love interest, Robin. I know, so cute. <laughs> and he's just walking through the forest and he happens to come across a tree that is oozing something red. And then he does the most natural thing you would do, which is touch it and then taste it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one of those scenes on rewatch. You're like, no, 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 don't do it. I know. <laughs> I'm like, maybe if it weren't red, I'm like, was he thinking it's just like an odd sap they have in those parts of the woods that would be red? I mean, but it wouldn't be a sci-fi horror show if he didn't do that, right? That's right. And then he's like, oh, this definitely tastes like blood. He sees there's more blood on the ground. And then there's like some clothing or something, too. And then he just says, no, that's a murder tree. That's a murder tree and runs away. And then there's like. A face looking out of the tree as the camera pans. Mm -hmm. <sighs> that is not. Which just seemed weird first time through. And on all rewatches, you're like, oh, who is that? Yeah, I still have questions about that. Like, how did he get in there? Who was that? Mm -hmm. But it's really not a good plug for the forest service or encouraging people to hike alone, is it? Very true. <laughs> Stay out of the forest. <laughs> 
And then we see um, Nicole and Waverly are at, they're also in the forest. And they see, they're at this memorial sign for Shelterlands Music Festival. And on it, it says, on this site in 1996, a massive forest fire roared through the forest during the Shelterlands Music Festival. The fire burned for two days and killed 27 people. The fire left no survivors. So this is, you know, Nicole returning to the site of of her her nightmares, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get a lot, or we're going to hear more about it this episode for sure. Mm-hmm. And Waverly asks her if it looks familiar at all. And she's like, well, it's been 20 years. And Waverly wants to know also if she's gotten rid of Bolshar's ring yet. And Nicole's like, no, you know, I'm looking for the perfect spot somewhere. No one's going to find it. And the whole exchange is just kind of odd where they're like, they're not sure what the right thing to do is regarding the ring. And Nicole's like, all of a sudden thinking, how long how fast do trees grow <laughs> because the trees in the area look a little too mature for the amount of time that has passed and um there's this whole talk about you know survival and waverly's just so amazed that how at 6 years old she like had her wits about her to jump into this canoe and kind of like escape and this is something i like when the show does where it's like this is a time stamp for us right so we we know now that like Nicole here is 26 years old. Nicole starts remembering how she was already by the water and that like she didn't see any of the fire, but she just like heard screams. And then she's like, you know, now that I think about there, there wasn't any fire, there wasn't any smoke. And this is when they realize that, you know, BBD burned all the evidence um, and that she was just a loose end that got lucky. Waverly's like, well, why, you know, why don't you ask your parents what they remember? And Nicole's like, well, you know, they got fed the same BBD version that everybody else did. And then when Waverly pushes her a little more about this, Nicole's gets a little snippy and she's like, yeah, well, would it hurt for you to ask your mom about the whole not being an ERP thing? And Waverly's like, yeah, nice deflection, Michael Jordan. And then it's just a very sweet exchange. <laughs> it is. It is so good. <laughs> yeah. And she just like. Wayne Gretzky and Nicole's like, you really don't do sports, do you? <laughs> oh, so cute. Very cute. Again, like that, like we're we're being serious, but let's get this sweet moment in there too. And Waverly admits that she's not really ready to go see her mom, especially since she's like in prison. And as she starts walking away, Nicole's calling for her. And then like someone else approaches, panicked, and Waverly's like, oh, hey, Robin. So she knows the mystery man in the woods. And he's like, can you take me to see Nedley? And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. And, you know, introductions take place. And then as they're walking away, he's like, Officer Heat. I like how he immediately just like gives her a nickname. And then Nicole hangs back just for a minute to throw Balshar's ring into the forest, um, which is an interesting choice because here she's like, you know, somewhere where no one will ever find it. And it's like, but you just picked the forest where this other guy just happened to be. In the postmortem with Bridget, Emily talks about how this seemed like a very unhot like act to do. Like she just kind of carelessly threw the ring into the woods and how she Emily likes to make sure that sometimes Nicole does things that aren't so thought out that she's shows that she's human and not always so calculated yeah impulsive we don't tend to see that from yeah but I mean you're in the middle of the woods in the winter I mean in theory who's gonna find it yeah in theory it should be great we're kind of close to that memorial sign but anyway neither here nor there because doesn't as we find out later it's not going to matter what she does that yeah, ring's going to keep right. coming back anyway right. could have driven it to the other end of the earth it was coming back exactly it's going to boomerang right back <laughs> at the sheriff's office jeremy's meeting with nicole and waverly and they're trying to look at the growth patterns of different trees with like satellite images trying to get some answers about the fire and tree growth and then Winona and Doc come in and they've got the revenant that they found by the tree. And they're like, why did you bring him here? <laughs> and it turns out the gun didn't, well, Peacemaker didn't work because they were plumb out of projectiles. And um, Winona starts like 
talking kind of like docs, like kind of old timey. And she's like, we're going to sequester him here until we rustle up some ammo. Then kapow. <laughs> the dialogue that, in this episode is really sharp. We're going to get a great job. Yeah, absolutely. And Doc's like, okay, like, what are you doing? And then she goes, okay, now you do me. <laughs> and then he quips, maybe once we're alone. So there's, you know, obviously this, even though he's with Kate, this flirty flirty still happening still with these Doc, two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Peacemaker's out of bullets. They need to find some bullets. Everyone's talking about how Doc just seems like he's glowing. And um, they're all kind of speculating, like, why he would be glowing right now. Like, oh, has he been catching up on some sleep? Like, what is it? And he's like, well, I did do a seaweed scrubby. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a funny thing for him to say. It's kind of like when he said, it gives me the wheezies or, or the, the something like that when they were on the cliff. Like these funny words he comes up with. Winona turns to Nicole and she's like, so Deputy Sheriff Nicole Hot Esquire, <laughs> when were you going to tell me that you're the child survivor of a of the cult of Bolshar massacre? And then like Waverly's behind her and she gives her a look like, mm, why are you doing this? <laughs> Shut up. Don't. <laughs> and then that makes Winona go a little softer. And she's like, which sucks, Dong. Sorry, but congrats on the living. <laughs> too much fun and then nicole like looks at waverly and she's like what no more secrets remember and uh then nedley walks in asking you know robin how his dad died or how his dad is and um you know he's like you know what do you need me for and then he's like you just filled out the paperwork and it just says woods help <laughs> nicole throws this whole situation back in Winona's face and she's like well you know you didn't tell Waverly about mama for years and Winona's like mm-hmm. you're right and I should have been more forthcoming about that and she's like yeah thanks for pointing that out and then Waverly's like you know can we all just agree that you're both sneaky sneaky squirrels and try to have each other's backs for a change um, and then it's just very cute because like there's like this big awkward hug between the the holy trinity and she's like okay this is you know boob smush as winona says and they're all just kind of like against their will getting hugged by waverly i uh, use that gif of that scene like a million times a week i love that one <laughs> they're like trapped by waverly and it's like they're trying to pretend like oh this is the worst thing in the world but come on yeah we all know it's not Doc says, um, you know, that the safe is empty, that the BBD pipeline is dry. And um, now that they're gone, they don't have a supply chain. And Winona's like, okay, how about some good news for once? And then all of a sudden, Waverly starts digging in her massive purse, which Winona jokes is bigger than her vehicle. And it's one of my favorite character traits about Waverly. I think the fact that she hauls around a giant purse is so funny because she's just like this tiny, tiny thing. But she's always prepared with this giant purse. And um, I noticed it when they the episode where they smash the eggs um, with when they're like in Mercedes's whatever apartment complex. They're going to, you know, the one where they're like twirling the tire iron that one yep mm -hmm. and she's like she's like gonna take mercedes somewhere else and she's like come on and she starts digging through her purse and she's got like checkers booze just like all this ridiculous stuff i just well I'm, waverly always prepared always prepared i just would love to see the contents of her purse <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things she has in the purse is the um, phones for everybody because since they lost their phones in the woods She's so excited because she found their old flip phones and, you know, there's no budget. There's no, you know, money in the budget for new ones. And Winona jokes for her to like, you know, immediately delete her messages from Champ. And Nicole says, yeah, and the photos, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Winona tells Waverly, you know, you know, as soon as you're ready, I can take you to see Mama. And Waverly is reluctant. She's like, you know, I don't know if I can really take any more surprises and Winona goes to show her this box of heavily redacted files from Mama. And she's like, yeah, you know, it paints quite a picture. And she's not really sure 
Waverly's going to get the answers that she's looking for, but she reminds her that she's strong and she deserves the answers. Um, and that, you know, she'll, I'll take you as soon as, you know, Doc and I get some ammo. And she's like, you know, don't worry, Mama is doing better. And, well, and that's, uh, I remember it was a, you're a strong baby girl. Oh, is it a baby girl? <laughs> not that and i'm paying attention right no you wouldn't know i'm it's sure lucky catch <laughs> lucky catch <laughs> yeah and um just as she says mama's doing better we get a glimpse of how mama actually is doing <laughs> Yeah, pretty nice juxtaposition there, huh? Yeah, I mean, would you say she's doing better, Kevin? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone around her thinks that. No, no, it's a frightening scene as we see this, like, woman in a padded cell banging on the door, and she's all bloody, and Mama's painting the walls with blood and saying, you've gone too far this time, you'll never get out. And she's like painting on the walls with the blood painting. You'll never get out. So if that's doing well, I shudder to think of how she was doing. <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> and um, at Shorty's, Doc is like, you know, we're broke. And he and Winona are again very flirty with each other. Mm -hmm. And... Wynonna was like thinking of ways they could raise money and they're bantering back and forth like, you know, maybe a car wash or maybe a bachelor auction. And she's like, maybe some old timey pictures of your junk. <laughs> this is brainstorming at its best. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, they didn't come up with a solution. And then just as he bumps into her in a compromising position and she's like, what's this and she goes to uncover something and he tries to stop her and it's a baby cradle i know oh, so sweet she's like did you make this and he said yeah it was before and she's like what i got rid of her and he's like you know just reassure reassures her that she did what she needed to do to keep her safe and um you know you sent her to safety and she says, I did what I always do, which was take the easy way out when things get hard, just like when I gave up on Mama. Uh, ouch. ouch. Yeah. It's, I, I, these yeah. reminders are just like tug at your heart so much. Mm -hmm. And we get this flashback of Winona seven years earlier at the Ghost River Institute with Mama. And Winona has bangs here. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice touch to try to create that illusion of, you know, being younger. Yeah, young Winona. <laughs> and um, Mama is saying, you know, I told you he was real and um, that he that he'll rise again. And, and when he does and then Winona kind of cuts her off and she's like, yeah, yeah. You know, mankind will be enslaved in body and in mind. And when it was like, you know, look, I, you're probably not going to remember any of what I'm saying or understand this, but I'm leaving purgatory for good. And Mama's like, are you taking Waverly? And she's like, no, no, she'd never leave, which I thought was interesting because everyone was so worried when Nicole can't leave the Ghost River Triangle, right? Mm -hmm. But here, Winona's like, don't worry, she'd never leave. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. She's like, you know, Gus and Curtis will look after her, you know, better than I ever could. And Wynonna, or Mama's like, you can't leave her. And Winona just doesn't get it, right? And we don't get it at this time either. And she's like, well, you left us. And then she says, yeah, I'd do it all over again. And that she, she says she can never know she's there. And here I'm like, does she mean Waverly can never know she's there? Or Jolene can never know she's there? No, I always took that as Waverly. I thought that was still the focus of their conversation. Yeah. And I still get a little, well, we'll get to that part later. And she makes Wynonna promise, right? She's like, okay, fine. And she gives her her word that she'll leave and never come back. And she's like, no problem. I'll send you a postcard from Greece. This sets up the whole thing that's going to go down, right? With what she, everything she says in, well, she's in there. Makes so much more sense. 
oh, when you know it's, the it's night and day after you've seen the first time through. Yeah, because let's face it, first time through, there are so many of these bits that you're just like, okay, okay, you know, meaning you don't follow where it's going, and then afterwards, it's like all the pieces are fitting together in the puzzle. Yeah, I remember immediately going back to this episode, like, wait a minute, all those things she said before and watching it. And it was just like a light bulb had gone off. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Doc then's like, you know, she, she tells Doc this whole memory and then he reassures her that she doesn't share her, you know, her mother's failings. And she's like, "Mm, genetic insanity. Have you met me? And then he says that he knows her better than she wants anyone to. And he's still here. Mm. So profound. Yeah. Every now and then, Doc, really. It's the point. Yeah. He's always been there for her, even when it seemed like he wasn't. And they share a nice kiss. And then, oh, look who comes down the stairs and interrupts them. But Nicole... Tables have been turned. (laughs) So (laughs) awesome. (laughs) And she's like, sorry, bad timing. I guess it's only fair me walking in on you for a change. And I love how, you know, the characters are actually addressing what we've all joked about with this whole interruptus thing. Exactly. Like they're in on it also. And Nicole's like, well, I'm only here because Nedley's like, you know, drag Earp's ass back here. Because she's got to meet with the new city manager before this flimsy cover story I gave goes up in smoke. And Nicole said, I told him I'd rather watch an all-male version of Pitch Perfect twice. (laughs) 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 And so she's like, all right, fine. You you know, you got to go or there's not going to be a sheriff's department. And like Doc's all giddy because he's like, look, I found bullets. (laughs) So he's got, I don't know, a handful of bullets to last him a little bit. And meanwhile, Waverly and Jeremy are talking and, you know, he's like, what's going to happen to us without dolls? Which is a good question since they're running out of money and he was their leadership. And he's like, you know, this is really bad for my anxiety. And Waverly's like, you know, you just need to take a break, maybe meet someone new, preferably male. So can see where she's going with this and he's like you know i tried tinder but i was the only match and i still swiped left (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and she's like you know you never know what could happen i met nicole and he's like yeah she walked into a roadhouse bar and you whipped off your shirt and that was that like a beautiful fairy tale porno (laughs) (laughs) i love that description (laughs) i do too and i also love that jeremy knows their story so well mm-hmm. that like in fact he kind of uses that same scenario later on in in the vows right it's like yeah i can just picture waverly and jeremy like having drinks together because they're buddies and like you know tell me again how you guys met because you know he wasn't there so it just shows that she's retold the story over and over again to the point that jeremy knows it by heart And she's like, you know, you never know what could happen. And, you know, by the way, I just happened to run into somebody that I knew in high school and he's back and, you know, he has a job. And Jeremy's like, no, I don't like any of this. And then all of a sudden, oh, that same guy walks in and she goes, unicorn alert. And she like (laughs) puts her finger on top (laughs) of her head like a unicorn. Perfect. Very, Very cute. And so she goes on to introduce them and Robin's like, you know, Nedley sent me here saying that maybe you could help me with this tree situation. And then all of a sudden Waverly just exits out of there, right? She's like, oh, I forgot. I got to go. I got a thing. And he's like, no, no, please don't leave me. And she's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I got to get my nails done. (laughs) As she leaves, she grabs a flip phone. And as she's walking away, she gets a call and it's from someone asking if this is Michelle Gibson's emergency contact because it's the last number they had on file. And that's when she realizes she must have grabbed Winona's phone and it's the Institute. And they said there's been another incident 
and um, they need someone to come, you know, sign a transfer before they can transfer mama to a secure location. Where Relay's like, yeah, as long as I can see her first. So this has kind of forced her hand into going to see mama. All works out very well. I know, but it's not great, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying, you know, it's a it's just lovely, lovely way to make the plot all come together. I didn't have the experiences to the kudos from a writing point of view, making it all work. Yeah, I love that. That's like, oh, you know, she just grabs the wrong phone. It kind of forces her hand to, you know, how are we going to get her there without her wanting to do that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jeremy is asking questions about the tree that Robin keeps calling a murder tree. And Jeremy says, it sounds intriguing. (laughs) (laughs) And Robin says, that's good because I'm completely stumped. And it's just so very cute how they're hitting it off with their nerdy puns right off the bat. Yep. He's going to take Jeremy to the site to go look at the tree um, on a not date date. Now we're at the Institute and... Poor Waverly. You can just see how nervous she is. And she's waiting as they bring Mama out. And when they lock eyes, Waverly just gets so emotional. And then they're both like, it's just such a scene, right? They're so emotional. And it's like this moment where you can see Mama's happy to see her. And then she immediately remembers why this is bad, which we know now. But um, Mm -hmm. you can see when that moment of like, oh, crap. Uh, sinks in and that's when she starts yelling no get out I'll kill you and she's like she's spitting and we as the viewer and Waverly we just think she's talking about her this whole time and mama's like hitting herself and she's like no she's about to get loose Um, and it looks like she's looking at Waverly when she's yelling I'll kill you and the guard tases her and she falls and she's just keeps saying kill the demon um but yeah it's like now that we know everything and we know who she's talking to but poor waverly and us at the time just think she's yelling that like waverly's the demon and that she wants to kill her yeah no and you know the way they set up the scene again first time through you're not noticing as much but it's after waverly touches mom Mm-hmm. that she's talking about she's loose yeah and at first it made no sense whatsoever and now we know exactly what it means yeah but it's so great because until you see the other episodes yeah this all just seems like what oh my god why does it her doesn't mother make hate sense. her why, yeah why is she doing this what's going on the dialogue doesn't make sense she sounds crazy yeah because it's it's incomplete you know, us as viewers, it's incomplete. It's the whole, what is she talking about? What's going on? Yeah, it's beautifully set up. <laughs> and it's heartbreaking because Waverly has been estranged from her for so long. Yeah. She still doesn't know her story. She doesn't know, you know, she knows that she's not an ERP, but she doesn't know what that means. She's trying to find herself. The one person who can give her answers wants to kill her now she thinks and it's just it's her mom (laughs) yes all all of that (laughs) (laughs) i mean ward was an asshole but you know she thought that was her dad and she loved him anyway and so of course it's her mom she still loves her but like how do you love someone who wants to kill you there you go (sighs) it's very heartbreaking and like could it happen to like a sweeter person in the world Poor Waverly. Back at the forest, Jeremy and Robin are trying to navigate their way through the forest. And um, Robin is just making fun of Jeremy because he's using his phone. And he's like, you know, you should just trust me. I know my way around. And Jeremy's joking. And like, how do you use pot? Like, there's all these, like, Robin gets a lot of, like, stoner references in this episode. And he's like, yeah, I use it sometimes, but it's my dad's. It's medicinal. And I've been really stressed lately. (laughs) And then it's just very confusing because neither one of them really knows their way around the forest. Robin's confused because the tree should be, like, where they are now. And he's like, "It, how can it not be here? 
And Jeremy's just like chalking it up to like, he's kind of a weirdo. He's a little flaky and he might be a little high. And at Nedley's office, the city planner is now there. And he's like, you know, we may need to have some budget cuts. And Nedley's worried because he's like, you know, we're already scraping the bottom. You know, what are we going to do? And just then Winona walks in. And Nedley's like, you know, she's been deputized. And Claude's like, well, I don't see you list. I don't see a Winona listed in my HR files. And then she goes into the whole thing about how she runs a cross-border task force. Very sweet and cute, which is like basically she says what job, what Dolls' job was. And um, he's like, oh, you know, you're a deputy. Why don't you just say that? And he's like, you know, okay, fine. Then that means the feds should be paying the rent and everything's fine. I'll just verify this. We'll be good to go. And as he leaves, um, you know, Nedley's like, great. You know, I'm really worried about our ability to, to fight this fight. And Winona says, you and Officer Hot are awesome, okay? As far as stupid cops go. The town's lucky to have you. So how about you grow a pair and tell the goons at the county office to give you the resources you need so we can all just do our jobs saving each and every person in the Ghost River Triangle from dying a grisly and painful death. <laughs> so she's just on her high and mighty horse right now, right? And I'm saying it, saying it like it is. Yeah. Face it. Come on, man up, Nedley. We got to do this. We all got to work together. And he's like, don't you think I've tried that? <laughs> and he's like, he just kind of seems like he's, he's tired of it. Right. And he even says so. He's like, I've been covering this shit up for too long. I'm tired of it. And then Wynona gets up and she walks to this window that looks into like where hot sitting where her desk is and she says well then maybe you should just step aside you know let someone else have a turn someone who's still got some fight left and you can see nedley and he's just got this like you know he's thinking about it. he's got this pondering look on his face and then we also see waverly walk by and she goes <laughs> when and goes oh no sad waverly <laughs> <laughs> And just books out of there. And then we see Nicole and Nedley kind of exchange this look. And the look that Nedley gives her just now has so much more meaning than Powerful. it did at that time. Powerful at this point, isn't it? Because we know yeah. what's coming. Yeah. At the time, it's just a look. But now, oh, you wonder yeah. if this was the moment. Yeah. Like, you know, he had been thinking about it. But was, you know, was this partially the push he needed having mm -hmm. Winona just be like, if he's thinking, why no, even Winona can see it. You know, mm -hmm. maybe he was thinking this had been my hope all along, you know, knowing what we know now. But even Winona, who, you know, is kind of a fuck up, can see that she's she's good for the position. Maybe that was just the extra push he needed. Winona goes to uh, Waverly and she finds her just like frantically going through the files that are all mama related. And Winona's like, you know, hey, 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 what's the problem? And she explains everything to her. And she's like, you know, maybe it's the medication they gave her. And Winona's like, no, you know, she told me to keep you away. And Waverly's like, she wants to kill me. She's like, no, you know, of course she doesn't. She's like, no, she tried to kill me while I was there. And the look on Winona's face when she grabs that phone and starts walking out saying she's going to end this once and for all. Whew. Watch happy. out. Yeah. Watch out. Gee, don't you try to kill baby girl. It's not going to go down well for you. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Even if you are, Mama. <laughs> At the forest, Jeremy's like, I don't understand. Trees don't just move. Well, we saw that they do. So <laughs> Robin's like, yeah, they don't bleed either. Guys <laughs> are real geniuses here. <laughs> He's like, do you think I would just make this up to get you alone in the woods? And Jeremy's like, oh, great. The one available guy in town. And he's probably a murderer. <laughs> uh. 
Robin's like, are you? Are you a murderer? And um, Jeremy's compass on his phone is just like spinning. Everything's weird. They, like neither one of them can figure out where they're going. Turns out Robin knows nothing about the forest. He just took the first job that was available. Uh, he's really a jazz historian. And they both go on to like kind of bond over similar interests that don't include knowing about or liking the forest. <laughs> and then what shows up? But some fog, Kevin. Dun, dun, dun. Fog is never good in this show. <laughs> never. It's never a good thing. I mean, sometimes it's sexy pink fog, but still, it, you know. But it still brought vampires. It, yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Make it whatever color you want, but something bad is going to show up. And along with the fog appears some stairs. And Robin goes to climb the stairs and Jeremy like immediately grabs him and he stops him. And he says, <laughs> he, I can't remember how he put it, but basically he's like, I know in my groin that these stairs are not for us. Yeah, something about in my body part or something without yeah. being specific. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I know in a certain body part without going into detail or something. Um. So, yeah, this is the first time we see the stairs. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because Jeremy knows they are not for them. Yeah. Yeah, right away. Instantly, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, the stairs. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? So, yeah, he stops him and he's like, I'm he's like, who are you calling? And he's like, a sexy human bloodhound, <laughs> as he calls Doc. And back at the Institute, Winona arrives just as they're taking Mama for the transfer. And she's like, if you ever threaten her again, if you ever so much as touch a strand of that perfect, luscious mane. <laughs> I swear to God. And before she can finish, Mama drops to her knees and she's like, Winona, I'm sorry. And for a moment, we like feel yeah, like maybe she gets it. Yeah, she's back. <laughs> she's lucid again. But no, she grabs Peacemaker and, you know, pulls it on the guards and Winona. And Winona's like, don't worry, she can't even use that gun. <laughs> and in theory, she can't. But she does use it to knock them over the head. <laughs> Yep. And then she gets the keys and Winona's like, you know, you don't want to do this. And she says, she's not giving me a choice. And then she says, baby, I'm so sorry you got dragged into this, but don't get in my way. So she kind of baby girled Winona, but not exactly. Not exactly, but. But pretty close. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, when she says she's not giving me a choice, we assume she means Waverly when she We're, says that's she. where, yeah, that's where everybody's head's still going to be first time through. Waverly, Waverly, Waverly. It's not Waverly. And then the guards like grab Winona, saying that they're going to lock her up. Um, and then there's a Hillary Clinton email joke there. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly timed. And I love how like current events are always kind of trickled in there. So, yeah, so they're going to lock her up because she gave a violent convict a firearm. So that's not really the reason we find out the reason later. But at the sheriff's office, Nicole brings Waverly some tissues and she's like trying to calm her down and comfort her. And Waverly's all, you know, you were right. Reconnecting with estranged parents was a really bad idea. And Nicole's just another sweet sweet moment with her and she's like you know i'm sorry it didn't work out the way you wanted and she tells her she called her a demon over and over again um and then she's like is this why mama left and you know all this time we're still thinking it's mm -hmm. poor waverly you know poor us we're all like why is she so mean to her daughter <sighs> more kids Anyway, Nicole tries to reassure her and she's like, you know, she's got some psychological disorder. And then she's like, look, I pulled her records, you know, dating back almost 20 years. And, you know, she's like, she was arrested for arson, the homestead barn. And Waverly's like, you know, who gets 20 years for burning down their own barn? And 
she's like, this is also weird because why is there only one piece of paper about this whole situation? And Nicole says, well, the rest of the you know pages have been pulled. And they're like, by whom? And then Nedley walks in. And it's like, you don't even know he's there. And he just says, by me. I thought it best if no one knew. But you're a grown up now and you use proper grammar. So I guess you have the right to know. Michelle didn't go to prison because she burned down the barn. She went because her youngest daughter was in it. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, first time through, you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, you can't even fathom why no, that would you be. you can't grasp all of the stuff that Mummer is doing, really. I mean. Like, how batshit crazy was she to do that? Mm-hmm. And then to think that, and and even just for this part, it's like, why would Nedley, and we, uh, hope, you know, luckily we don't have to wait long to find out why he did that, but. Just like all of it, all of it, so much. It's Nedley's. This is a big Nedley story. In the forest, Doc is on the phone with Jeremy and he's trying to locate them. And he's like, are, are you sure? Do you need a compass? And Doc says, I am a compass, which made me laugh because... It made me laugh this time. It didn't make me laugh the first time very much. But like later on, he says, I am a weapon. Mm-hmm. So he's a weapon and a compass, Kevin. <laughs> he's he's dark, you know? He's like Do a, we doubt any of that? He's like a Swiss army knife. <laughs> <laughs> and as they're bickering about like topography, Doc hears a baby cry. And he's definitely triggered by this because why wouldn't he be? You know, he's just became a father mm-hmm. and he's lured by it. And he's like looking everywhere for this baby. And then he hears a growling sound and he like grabs his ears and he falls to the ground and he starts saying, no, don't take me back there. So this is like, these are the sounds he's heard when he's gone to hell those times. Yeah. And there's Bolshar. And he says, you shall do my bidding, John Henry Holiday. How shall I coerce you? With pain? You felt it before, the searing, torturous agony or the premise of reprieve. And just as he's like luring Doc with more promises and like stuff like that, Jeremy and Robin like come through and break him from it. And Doc's just kind of like there and disoriented and all of a sudden they're like miraculously by the cars um and he's like you said something about a staircase and jeremy's like yeah we took pictures but we turned around and it was gone and they're like you know did you see anything and doc like didn't see anything and i just thought that scene was like weird a little chunky because i hadn't been reading the postmortems when i watched it before but now that we're reading the postmortems um it made more sense for me And um, Emily just said this moment was like, she referred to it as a little time jump, which I hadn't really thought about before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it just, it makes the story flow because, you know, we had Doc in that moment and the exchange with Bolshar and also Jeremy and Robin. It just, yeah, it's a little jarring that first time through, like, did I miss a minute or something? And then it just blows from there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was interesting that like, those were no, like, we hadn't really thought a ton about like Bolshar and I hadn't about Bolshar and what he was, but then making this connection, like, did Doc see him all those times he went to hell or at least hear him? You know, we don't have like a ton of the story from doc's perspective about like what happened the times that he like went back to hell mm-hmm. so at the institute Ma, uh winona's put in the same cell with the she's put in the same cell that mama was in and that's where she sees like the blood writing on the wall and she's like like hell i won't because it's like you know you will never can't remember can't remember what she wrote um but then the guards come in and we soon find out like that they're shady. Like one of them's a rev 
And their plan now is to kill Winona and make it look like Mama did it. But I just went from bad to worse. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> now you got arrested for like obviously no reason because they're bad guys. Um, and then they tase Winona. And back at Nedley's office, he asks if Waverly's sure she wants to hear all of this. And she's like, Yeah, I'm, you know, I've been waiting 20 years for this. And he says that he got called to a situation at the Earp farm. And when he got there, the barn was already like totally engulfed in flames, but that she somehow escaped. Now, what do you think? Do you think there was an intervention from Julian or Bobo? Like, I've never really thought about that part. Like, how did Waverly get out of the barn? Well, I mean, as we see a little later in the episode, when Mama is in there lighting candles, um, and it's got like a satanic circle or something. I just, I just, after seeing that, I just assumed she was trying to do something similar. And while the candles got knocked over, it said, get out. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, yeah. They I, assumed I she very... wanted to burn it with her in it. Yeah. Uh, based on what she was screaming, mm-hmm. probably. And she was probably old enough to just run out. Gotcha. Anyways, she was covered in soot. She was crying, but unharmed. And, um, Mama was already in Ward's patrol car and, you know, that she had set the fire. And Nedley goes on to say that, you know, I knew Michelle wasn't like a murderous psycho and everyone in town loved her, respected her. And Nicole says, just like her daughters. And then Waverly says one of them because she's still like, you know, who am I? Mm-hmm. Nedley goes on to say that you know, she just, she wasn't herself that night and she kept going on about like vanquishing a demon. Waverly's like, yeah, me. <laughs> and he's like, you know, there was, that would explain the occult stuff that was plastered all over the barn, which would be, you know, cult of Olshar stuff. And Nicole says, you know, did you believe all of that? And Nedley gets really emotional and he's like, you know, Ward was my boss I feel bad for Nedley here because it's like we know how scary Ward could be, mm-hmm. you know. So he was just between a rock and a hard place and doing what he was told to do. And he says he wished he was braver. You know, he was much younger Nedley. Um, but he booked her like he was told to and that he's been trying to make up for it ever since. And he kept watch over her and he tried to set Winona on the straight and narrow. And that when he became sheriff. He pulled the report and he didn't want anyone to see it. And then he looks her in the eye and he says, I don't know what happened that night, but there isn't an evil bone in Michelle Gibson's body. And then Waverly says, if I've learned anything these past months, it's that evil wears many faces. You know what I thought of then? What? Season four, Eve. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, right? I love it. I love it. I haven't <laughs> gone there. <Man>. Ooh. <laughs> it was like, oh. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like right when he, when um, Doc goes to that weird sculpture thing and it's a face. And then also when she shapeshifts the faces later. Mm-hmm. It's like, even yep. says wear many faces. Very nicely. Nicely brought together. But, but yeah, that whole scene is just... These Nedley moments, man. Yeah. See, they're all foundational to what's going to happen a little later. Mm-hmm. At the Institute, as the Rev is dragging Winona away, he's like, your sister's not even an ERP. That's the only reason she's still alive. Winona stops him dead in his tracks by saying, I had a kid. No matter what happened to me, this plays out all over again. And it's such a harsh reminder of the herb curse. Yeah, but I like that she can twist it and use as painful as it is. Mm-hmm. She can use it, you know, in this situation to, again, try to get herself in a better spot to take yeah. them on. It's a little bit of a safety net for her, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. you, it doesn't matter what you do to me because, like, this is all going to happen again with my child. Um. And she's like, you know, we can end this now. And she hits them and they fight. And there's some cute quipping, like me too jokes. And Winona gives a a nice nod to Dolls training her. 
And she eventually breaks his neck and then shows up in the warden's office with his head. <laughs> she ripped his head off, uh, asking uh, him to uncuff her. And then she's like, and also, does your car have seat warmers? Because I ripped my pants while decapitating. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, the warden's like, well, you know, today is the day Michelle Gibson finally kills your little sister. And she yells, you guys suck at treating mental illness. <laughs> and then he says, you think today is the first time she tried to kill her? Why do you think she's been here for so long? So now Winona is starting to catch on to like what we've just found out, right? She's now on mm -hmm. the same page. He's like, you know, you better get out of here because she's have one hell of a head start. And she says, yeah, but I'm me. So badass. At Jeremy's office, he and Robin are looking at photos and it's just fog. No stairs. Like nothing there. And they're like, mm -hmm. I don't understand. Like, how can this be? And then Jeremy jokes about jazz history, asking, like, is there anything in jazz history that can explain this? And then Robin says, it sounds kind of like the Delta Blues. And he's just kind of like joking about making deals with the devil and such. And then they have this moment where they think it's like a shared delusion. And then Robin's like, you know, maybe we should follow all these thoughts up with bowling. Like, maybe we should talk about it <laughs> over bowling. <laughs> so he basically firms up a date and um as they're talking about it and robin's walking away he coughs and he like coughs up a handful of dirt yeah so that can't be normal or both <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know if that's something you should be looking for in a new new date but it is what it is mm -hmm. and uh it's not the worst we're gonna see with him anyway he's got things coming and at the homestead, Waverly, it's, you know, now evening, the fire's going. She's listening to the cassette tape from Mama's file. Um, you know, kids, do you know what those are? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. It was a device we used to use. <laughs> Back in the day. In the day. I think I have one. Between the LPs and the CDs. You had to use a pencil. Sometimes it came unwound. You had to wind it back up. Yeah, you could wear them out. Trust me, I did mm -hmm. several albums. <laughs> you could make your own mixtape. <laughs> yep, Any... we're dating ourselves. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's it, basically there's a bunch of cassette tapes and they're interviews with Michelle from um, her time in the Institute with her therapist. And this one is from 2007. There's a lot of talk about birds and the therapist asks if Michelle likes it there. And she says, you know, yeah, it's great because I can't really cause anyone any more trouble here. And they promised me they wouldn't contact my girls. And it's very important. And then all of a sudden you know, she went from just normal chatting to saying, can you please just shut up for once? They're like she just goes back to like her crazy yelling. And he's like, I thought you wanted to talk. And then he's like, you know, why don't you tell me more about the birds? So she kind of calms down and she's like, you know, the robins, the sparrows, magpies. Magpies, yes. <laughs> uh, and as she's talking over the tape, Nicole, you know, brings Waverly some tea. And it's this very sweet, rare, domestic, way hot moment where things are calm and quiet, right? Not for long. <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> <laughs> we should have known that. And uh, they're talking about the taped conversation and then Doc comes in and he's frantically looking for whiskey. And they're like, you know, are you OK? You look like you've seen a ghost. And he says he's going to need more whiskey than that. You know, he's shaken up from this run in with Balshar and Waverly offers to go get him some more from the barn. And Nicole's like, why don't I give you some tea? This is like, this is what you need, not whiskey. And he's like, you know, no, <laughs> I don't want to be sober. And then he hears the tape and he starts freaking out. And he's like, what is that? And Nicole's like, it's, it's just Michelle talking to her therapist. You know, if it's upsetting you. I could turn it off. And he's like, no, that other sound, the third person. He says, Officer Hot, tell me you can hear that infernal groan. She's like all freaked out. And she's like, no, doc, there's no one else. And then he takes a big chug of the whiskey and he's like, this is not enough and we will not be enough. 
And as Waverly goes into the barn to get the whiskey, Mama is there with her symbol on the floor, much like Nedley had described, right? Yeah. And she's got candles everywhere. And she's like, get away, the demon. Waverly, get away, go. Um, You know, she's like, now get the heck out of here. And Waverly's like, you know, just calm down. And Michelle's like, it's too late. The demon is already here. And Waverly's like, what? Is it me? And Mama points her gun at, you know, we think Waverly. And she's like, no, sweetheart, but she came for you. And then Waverly turns around and there's the freakiest, horrible figure standing behind her. I mean, it was great to finally have something besides just Waverly in the sense of what Michelle was obsessed about. So, but it's, it's, it's like a moment of, I don't want to say freaking you out, but it's like a a shock moment because we're Mm -hmm. not expecting to see it. And then, you know, parallel that with what's about to play out. And it's like, what a roller coaster. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like she's just going to like, Doc, like what is Doc freaking out about? Like he hears something nobody else hears. And then like, but you're also relieved a little bit because it's like, you're scared because you just got like a jump scare with this freaky figure Mm -hmm. but you're like okay it wasn't waverly right it's like immediately something's clicking like it's we don't know it all but it's like okay there really is something she's not crazy Mm -hmm. because i mean as waverly screams so it's like okay she sees it too this is this is better (laughs) and at robin's house he's like walking up to his house it's dark out and he's kind of yelling for his dad and he's like have you been doing some gardening because his lawn is full of snow, but there's this fresh greenery growing out of the snow. And as he stops to take a photo of the things that are growing, a tree root comes and like grabs his leg and pulls him off camera. More freaky. More what freaky. What the hell's going on? <laughs> no. We don't know. We don't know. We are a bit lost. And then, just to confuse us even more, Winona pulls up dangerously close to hitting, like, the porch on the homestead, and she's in such a hurry, and she's yelling for Waverly, and as she bursts through the homestead doors, she's like, oh, you're all here, because what she comes in to see are Doc, Waverly, and Nicole all sitting at the table with, like, this giant spread of sweets and when she's like, you're all here, Doc's like, of course, it's the place to be. And she's like, have you seen Mama? And then this woman appears with baked goods. And she's like, we took care of her. She's locked in the barn. And Waverly's like, yeah, she came back. And Nicole's like, yeah, she attacked Waverly. And Waverly's like, but don't worry, Jolene showed up just in time. And she's like, Jolene. And we're like, what? Jolene? Who's she? We're all Jolene. What? And she's like, you know, now be prepared to do a lot of squats because I made your favorite brownies. And she just like crams this brownie into Winona's mouth. And she's like, you know, we're going to need to keep your strength up if a demon is coming. And Winona's all weird. And she's like, there's a demon coming? And Jolene says, Yes, and it's going to kill Waverly, but you can stop it. I just know it. And they're all acting really weird. And their expressions are just very dopey for like what's happening. And then Winona puts her arm around Jolene and says, you know what? You're always here for us, Jolene. What would we do without you? And Jolene says, oh, I bet you'd all just die. And then it just ends with them all being super weird and eating baked goods. Uh Uh-huh. How absolutely nuts. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to Winona Earp, right? <laughs> We're this like... is, at this point, first time through, you're like, okay, I need to rewatch that episode because I must have missed something. You rewatch it. And you're like, no, I'm still completely lost. <laughs> What's going on? You're like, I ju- <laughs> we just went from Waverly screaming at this like thing in the barn to everyone's just like celebrating a birthday party yeah. or something yeah and who is this jolene where did she come from what is going on why is everybody acting like this yeah what the hell absolutely batty yeah 
and just like such an entrance too for, oh, for Zoe yeah. Palmer. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, the the BTS for this one is just it's hilarious because the cast is just repeatedly saying how bonkers it was to shoot that scene and how over the top they were. I I would love to see the outtakes for that one because it just. Yeah. You know, they just kept saying how everyone just kept saying like bigger, more, you know, more over the top, which is also funny because like it's Jolene. So she, like she enters as this like crazy, like, yeah, this is so great. We all just having such a great time eating sweets. And then what she turns out to be, right? It's just such a big contrast to what she really is. This delightful, fun birthday party atmosphere and yeah. that's and, not what and they she didn't is. i mean none of them knew what was coming they hadn't seen the script yet for five so they have no idea even as actors why yeah. are we doing this you just gotta totally go with the moment yeah we think it didn't make sense to us it didn't even make sense to them no that's what you want us to do okay <laughs> no yeah this is and and you know for those of you who maybe came to the show a little later. I mean, this was definitely one of those episodes. So much speculation. What is going on? What is this character? I mean, I know Bonnie and I on our podcast, after lots of discussion, you know, kind of went, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to go and say, we think Jolene is, is there to help them. Boy, could we have not been more wrong. <laughs> She's going to be a good friend. That's right. This is, there must be some demon. She's going to help them vanquish. Them. Part of the Scooby gang. Yeah, because everyone's speculating. What is going on? What? Who is this character? What's with Mama? So, this was definitely one of those ones where you know a week between episodes is what really just helped to fuel all kinds of crazy speculation. Well, and I'm sure some of you had to be really excited too because you saw that Zoe Palmer was going to be yeah. on. Yeah, and, well, and you that's, know, having her from Lost Girl, that's like exciting that's to have part her of the on. Reason why we're like she's got to be a good guy, right? We already know Zoe. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't even like. I was still of the minds of like not first of all I, I hadn't watched Lost Girl so I didn't really know who Zoe Palmer was and I never looked at like the credits on the screen in the beginning mm -hmm. I was I'm always so wrapped up in the show already that I don't pay attention to the 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 cast members names that are coming on mm -hmm. so um yeah I don't I don't even remember no I didn't even see her name when she came back in season four that was which I'm so that was interesting for. yeah because that was interesting because there's some people who you know they hang on every name and everything in the credit and there's a lot of people who don't so that was interesting mm -hmm. seeing some reactors and some other fans you know when we get there that didn't even see it in the credits. yeah but yeah that whole scene and tim talked about um he called it, they called it the gluten spell. Like they were under the gluten, <laughs> but when they were under the gluten spell and when they weren't under the gluten spell and Mel went on about how like it was such a crazy scene. She ended up eating a brownie that had fallen on the ground. And... <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. I mean, Jolene's entrance and then ultimate exit. is just quite a storyline. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's going to lead into quite the episode. Yeah. I mean, and what what a bonkers episode just all over the place from moving trees to, I mean, even here, we don't know anything about these sweets. You know, we're going to find that out later. But at this point in time, it's just like, why do they have all these baked goods? <laughs> and the lighting was so weird. It was like, is this a dream? Like, I didn't know if it was a dream. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to happen when we open the next sequence? Like, the next mm -hmm. episode, is it, this was all a dream? How How is this going to play out? There's no yeah. way we could have guessed how no, it would actually go down. One of the beauties of Earp, first time through, you do not really know where we're going. Yeah. And, like, where did, like, where did that come from? Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess... We could the ask crazy Brendan, minds of right? the writers' but room, like, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the because isn't the next episode a Noel episode, or is it well, Shelley? Shelley, it's Shelley for the Jolene. Yeah, Jolene episode. Yeah. So I'm so curious, like, what parts of Jolene? Because Brendan starts Jolene, but mm -hmm. 
but then Shelly really takes over. Mm-hmm. So it's like, whose idea was this weird baked good character? Like, let's make <laughs> her a great baker, but a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> to have been able to be a fly in the wall and hear that conversation. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, but we are in for a roller coaster, as we all know. Spoiler yes. alert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quite the impactful episode for so many people. Oh, and so many things will like start to come to light, too. But old Jolene. Mm-hmm. Which is also very funny, because I love that Dolly Parton song. <laughs> well, we're going to have a little fun in the next episode before a it gets... A little fun. Really serious. But there's a lot of angst, too. Yeah. Well, We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what you thought of that uh, Zoe Palmer slash Jolene introduction. Um, I'm also curious if they, like, asked any of the cast, like, what's your favorite baked good? <laughs> <laughs> like, is Tim's really a snickerdoodle or is that just Doc's? <laughs> And yeah, but you can find us at herbologypodcast.com. You can leave us a voicemail. You can also email us directly at herbologypodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at herbology underscore pod. Yep. Always love to hear from you folks. Whatever method works best for you. It's tons of fun after we release these to see what you folks think. Love hearing from you. Love being back. And as always, love talking herb. Yes, always a blast. All right, until next time. Bye.